how it is, right? Like, I think, I think most times the things that drive us are not always the easiest things that we've experienced. Like, This is another episode of Alpha Delta, a video series on my YouTube channel where I have conversations with people operating at a higher le level than most, with the hopes that it motivates and inspires people to become the best version of themselves. So today, my guest is Abby. Abita is someone that I went to boarding school with, and you know, I just watched her journey, and I'm very impressed with like the things that she's done and the things she's accomplished, and it's very, very motivational. But you know. Abita, for those who don't know who you are, could you just introduce yourself, let us know who you are, where you're from, what you do, where you go to, and where you go to school. Um, hi everybody, my name is Abita. Um, I am originally from Cameroon, but currently I'm a resident in the UK. Um, I am in Cambridge. I go to the University of Cambridge and I, this, week just started my phd in politics and international studies but yes it's it's good to be here thank you for yeah, inviting me. Um, of course of course so my first question for you is um what are you passionate about and why um i am extremely passionate about service um more so in the political realm um i think for me it's important that um people are you know, both leaders, but also followers in many ways. And I think the best path towards service is um, doing so from the back and making sure that you're empowering people, you're encouraging people, um, and you're giving people the tools and platforms to, like Joe would say, become the best versions of themselves. Right. Um, and so that's sort of the kind of thing that I'm passionate about. Um, I. It's always been there. Um, I don't know when I started um, getting an interest in politics. Uh, I have always wanted to run for one election or the other, whether it's in primary school or right. secondary school or university or even to this date. And so I thought, you know, um, impacting people in that way, creating policies that people would benefit from um and accessing the kind of influence that allows me to create large-scale um impact those are the kinds of things that um wake me up in the morning and that's the last right. thing i think about when i go to sleep at night so i thought why not pursue a career path in that and hence the phd in politics and international in politics, right. absolutely <laughs> well, that's 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 very interesting i think what i'm getting from you is just like you're very passionate about just service right bringing out the best in people um, and, and, and on the flip side is like, if it's related to politics, it's like creating policies that, that do that, right? Bring out the best in communities and society to just push things forward for a lot of people. That's, that's really, really interesting. Um, so yeah, so taking a step back, uh, I want you to just think about your childhood um, and just give us a, an idea of what was that like for you? You know, just tell us like, you know, what was your childhood like? What do you spend your time doing? What was high school like for you? Just give us a general idea of, of all of that. All right, so Rita, you were just telling us a bit about your childhood. So yeah, just walk us through that whole journey. 
Um, I grew up in Cameroon, um, in Yaoundé to be precise. I have two brothers, younger brothers, um, and we, you know, we had a pretty good childhood, if you, if you ask me. Um, it was pretty simple. We come from a very um, middle-income family, so uh, that was great. I think one of the childhood experiences that I would say shaped my life in many ways, and also now that I'm thinking about it, shaped my career path in politics. Um, I always talk about it. It's like when I was in primary school, um, we used to have this one teacher who, I mean, he was kind and great and everything, but in many ways, this dude was a sexual predator and he oh. would like prey on the little girls at our school. Um, and I remember that that year I was running for student body president of my primary school. Right. Um, and um, I had gotten voted in and everything, but prior to that, this teacher had made advances at, advances at me, right? And so um, I had reported it to my parents and made like my parents had caused drama about it and everything. Right. But because of that, he found ways to retaliate like after that election. So that was like the first big position I had ever run yeah. <laughs> for in my life. Yeah. And I was like really passionate about it and really willing to help. But I was also eight years old at the time. So um, he, he walked up, I remember after the election, he walked up in front of everybody, like the votes were public. Um, and so he walked up in front of everybody and he, basically discredited me in front of my classmates and was like, Jeez. yeah, I know you've elected her, but she cannot, she, she doesn't have what it takes to be in this position. And, and you were eight years old, like. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> and I remember that being like one of the key experiences of my childhood that I would never forget. And I think two I'm things. Sorry. I said, I'm really sorry to hear that. I'm really sorry that you had to go through that. That's just so crazy. Oh, no, no, no. It's fine. It's been, it's a long time ago. Um, and I've, I've spoken about it. I have a TED talk that I also mm -hmm. like shared on there for it. But um, I think uh, for me, that helped me realize like, um, first things, like first thing, if I was a little boy instead of a little girl, like, I would probably hold that position because then he would not have grounds to make those kinds of advances and then retaliate in that way, right? Um, and so that made me very conscious, I think, growing up about like my gender and like being very conscious about how I could use that in many ways, um, use my abilities and talents and um, passion for service to break barriers in many ways and open up those doors for other women who would be prevented in those ways, right? Um, and then secondly, for me, it was just important to realize like how a single person could cause so much damage, like could torpedo yeah. an entire Absolutely. election, yeah. <laughs> an entire Absolutely. election that my class read is like one right. person could do that. Yeah. Um, and for me, that just said like, if one person can do that, then I am one person. I can also do exactly. so much more to reverse so more that positive. kind of right. Exactly. Um, and I think for me in my childhood, that was the one experience. I mean, after that, my parents, my parents caused a lot of drama in school. They they turned the school upside down and he got fired eventually. Um, but 
uh, I think I took that with me and I, in my head, I, I didn't end up having the position because of what he did, but I was like, the next, wherever I go, I would always show that it's like, first of all, that I'm capable, but then secondly, that people like me are capable. It doesn't matter um, who we are, where we come from, what talents we hold, um, we're capable of impacting in many ways and, you know, um, and should not be prevented. So, and then I went to secondary school, ended up running for student body president again. Um, um, and this time I actually won the election in Cameroon. Um, and then we went to ALA together. Right. We, we did high school together. Um, right. I ended up running for student body president again at yeah. ALA. Um, and I ended up becoming the chair lady in, the, in our second year. And then I went to Michigan State University in the US and I thought, well, here's an even bigger platform with, in an institution, a predominantly white institution um, of 50,000 students to show that, you know, um, if I can do this here, I will become the first African president. I'd become the first black female president um, in over 200 years of the institution existing. And I would be showing that, you know, it doesn't, your accent does not matter, your skin color does not matter, your nationality or family background, none of that matters um, as long as you have a true desire to be of service to people. Um, and so I ran the election and I ended up winning um, and becoming the first black female president in school, um, which was very exciting because then I, I saw the ways that um, that impacted our black, black community is not a monolith and I'm not implying that, but it impacted our black community on campus. Um, I saw a lot more Africans coming into student governments because at the time I was running, we did not have a lot of Africans in student governments. We did not have a lot of black people. Um, but then after I was able to do that, I saw a lot more people wanting to access those positions and then um, serve their communities in return. So for me, it's always been important to um, make sure that I'm breaking those glass ceilings, but also leaving the door open um, mm -hmm. and, you know, reaching out and making sure that other people can access even after me. So I think that's what drives me in many ways. Um, and it, it came from that single childhood story um, right. and that, that crazy predator. Yeah. <laughs> Only God knows what wow. they but yeah. That's, that's, I find that really, really interesting and, and also very inspiring. I mean, because that, it was very ugly and disgusting um, situation to be in, right? But yeah. it spawned this whole journey of you just like reaching, pursuing and trying to um, achieve new heights. You know, you became very, very passionate about, about politics, you know, you wherever whatever environment you were in whether it was in high school or in boarding school or university you just kept on trying to just push that barrier as to what's possible for for you know for people like you and everything so i think that's that's really inspiring honestly it's as much as it was a very ugly and disgusting um uh situation right it just seems like there's like a lot of good that's come out of it over the many years like obviously in hindsight now right um yeah, but that's how it is, right? Like, I think I think most times the things that drive us are not always the easiest things that we've experienced. Like, it's like most times we are refined by 
whatever pressures and like whatever furnace that life has put us through. Um, and then it, it then comes back to us to be like, okay, how, how can I take this ugly incident or, um, and then transform it into something that people could actually benefit from, right? And Absolutely. I think it's- Yeah, and then also like, you're also just a testament and you are an example of like, you don't become defined by, by these ugly situations right you know yeah. i mean it's like you can go through this terrible thing but that doesn't make you just that you can just become so much more even better than what what you face exactly. yeah awesome exactly. awesome awesome um so the next question i have for you is you know can you walk us through how you got to where you are today just like you know tell us a bit about your career path what are some of the things you've done just just give us an idea of that whole journey um yeah, I think in, in my previous story, I talked a little bit about my career path and, um, you know, the reason why I I got so interested in politics and like just my desire to essentially practice that in every space that I was in and make sure that at every level I was, um, I was, using what I had to create some sort of um, impact and change in the people around me. Um, so yeah, I, I think for me, my, my home was always student government. It just made sense um, over the years to uh, be there, come up with policies that would, uh, you know, shift perspectives and like change the trajectory that the whatever institution I was in was headed toward. Um, and I did that throughout, I did that in um, undergrad where some of the policies that I created, I mainly focused on um, creating some sort of equity on campus and making sure that communities that were traditionally unheard and traditionally did not necessarily have their voices prioritized, making sure those policies were amplifying those voices. So for example, um, one of the policies that I had written <clears throat> in student government and, and undergrad was um, ensuring that halal meals were providing in the, provided in the dining halls um, because our Muslim community, like a lot of them had to end up eating like haram food in the dining halls because they simply did not have options. Um, and so I wrote policy that in turn, the administration appreciated and implemented in our dining halls. Um, one of the other ones was my one of my vice presidents and I, um, during COVID, raised, raised we fundraised eighty five thousand um, dollars to ensure that students who had food insecurity were provided for um, during that period. So we ended up providing um, seventy five dollar grocery gift cards to over a thousand five hundred students that year. Um, and just by you know going from administrator to administrator, office to office, student organization to student organization, um, essentially fundraising. Um, and yeah, I think those are the kinds of things that I like to do. Those are the kinds of policies right. I like to create. Those are the kinds of projects that I like to implement. Mm -hmm. um, working with displaced persons in Cameroon also. Um, those are the things that, you know, it's like make me come alive essentially um and that then i think all those things in many ways brought me to where i am today um 
at Cambridge because um, obviously Cambridge is a very traditional school, but they have uh, an incredible focus on the impact that you can create. Um, and so in many ways they looked at those things and they thought, hey, you know what, like we think you would be valuable here. And they accepted me for my master's, uh, which I just graduated from two yeah, days congrats, ago. Congrats, by the way. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> okay, for anyone watching, like the date today is October 23rd. So just, yeah, just to make sure everyone, when they're watching this, because it's probably going to be published much later than this, but just yeah. for everyone watching, today is October 23rd. Yeah, and I graduated on October 21st, so just yeah. <laughs> two days ago. But um, and then uh, for the PhD program, which I'm actually hoping on, uh, hoping to focus on the kind of research that informs policy, especially with regard to um, the Anglophone conflict in Cameroon. I know I don't know if many people know about this, but we've had an Anglophone conflict which has claimed so many lives and yeah. caused thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people to migrate in the last, uh, since 2016. So um, we have this huge community of internally displaced persons who have lost their homes, have been violated in many ways, have lost their family, have lost their sources of income, um, and are essentially unable to receive the help and the support that they actually deserve in this period. So my research essentially aims at focusing on those communities and hopefully going back home for field work to work with them and make sure that whatever I'm getting out of that is able to inform policy and um, also is able to inform NGOs and any other stakeholders who would be able to support these populations. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty, awesome. pretty much the, career trajectories yeah, yeah awesome awesome no, very very cool i think it's it's very interesting it's also very inspiring as well um so yeah my next question um i know you did touch a bit about this earlier um the question is what has been one pivotal moment in your life that has shaped your career and, and you did talk about it so we can probably just skip that um but <laughs> the follow-up question is what has been the greatest achievement in your career so far oh uh I think, yeah, I think if I were to, I think two things, um, first of all, would seem a little idiosyncratic, idiosyncratic, but it's like, it's really important to me. It's very valuable to me. And I know, Joe, you share, you share value with your family as well. So my family is like incredible incredibly important to me. And I think for me, one of the biggest achievements um, has been to support my brother to also achieve his dream of studying in the US. Um, he has always, it's since he yeah, was a little boy. He, yeah, he always, always wanted to um, live, leave the, you know, leave the country, leave our society, leave our community. Um, um, and go out there and explore, learn more, and then eventually come back and recommit to the community. Um, but then if you're from Cameroon, you know how difficult it is to like uh, achieve these dreams, especially if you come from a middle-income family and you cannot, you cannot afford, you know, school right. fees or anything like yeah. that outside. Um, it's expensive. In places like it's the a, ridiculously expensive. 
It is. Um, and so for me, it was really important that I helped him achieve that. Um, and in many ways, supported him throughout his application process. It was four years of a lot of work and a lot of rejections and a lot of like tears. But um, this year, he eventually, you know, he eventually got accepted and he actually got funded for it too. So um, I felt like it's his achievement Literally, but I, yeah. I have a big sister who also was there like cheering him on and like working through it with him I also I personalize it as mine too because I'm like yeah. yeah like so I think that's one I think the second one is um yeah obviously the impact that we created at MSU mm-hmm. my undergraduate Michigan State University when I became student body president um right. I think some of the projects that we undertook were so revolutionary um, and they created history in many ways and they touched people that were traditionally like I said traditionally unheard Um, and usually when I I have a dark day I just I go back to the comments and um, the messages that I received from people during those days impacted by some of our policies like um, yeah it it (laughs) makes everything else so much worth it um Mm. so i think by all means that would be um, those two are like present my biggest achievement nice so it's it's the you know being able to send your body to university and just the amount of impact you had as a student body president msu that's awesome that's awesome um so (laughs) my next question it's like, it's similar to the previous one and the response I could tell would be also very, very similar. So I don't know if you wanna give something else, but the question is, what is the biggest challenge you ever had in your life and how did you overcome it? Mm-hmm. Huh. Let's see. I think, okay, I, I gave you one of my challenges, but yeah. um, I think in many ways, <laughs> this immigrant's life is a, is a challenge. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I, That's true. It's true. You know, like, you're spot on. You're spot on. Sometimes. It's yeah. like, <laughs> right? Um, and um, not to discredit the people who support me and, like, um, ensure that I always feel at home wherever I am. Um, but people always say, like, bloom wherever you're planted. It's not easy to bloom where where you've been planted is, you know, exactly. the, the soil is not what you yeah, know. It's not, precisely. yeah, it's like, lacks exactly. the nutrients, lacks the nutrients. Mm, exactly. So mm-hmm. I think um, it's always a struggle moving from one place to the other um, and having to unlearn a lot of what I come in with and then relearn things in different ways, um, having to be open and, uh, I, I don't think that's a challenge at all. I think I think it's growth in many ways. Um, right. uh, but the process of it is challenging in its mm-hmm. own respect, right? And so um, I would never take back, I would never take back anything about moving out of the country and going to all these different countries to learn and study and experience and appreciate, you know, people, cultures and differences. But um, the, the process of it sometimes <laughs> is really rough. Um, yeah. It's really rough when you come in with a different accent and like 
you look different and you you feel different and you don't understand a lot of the jokes that people make in classes and like you're like okay <laughs> like can i go home now and yeah like, exactly yeah. it makes you feel like an uh, like an outsider half the time you don't feel like exactly and right. and also like here at cambridge in many ways it a lot of that comes with imposter syndrome right where it's like am i good enough how did i get here somebody's gonna find out someday that i'm actually not good enough to be here right, right. and so in many ways we wrestle with these things um but i think it's it's the awareness of what these things are that then empowers you to overcome them or empowers me to overcome them right because then when i start to spiral in that sense i'm like yeah i know the name of what i'm going through like it's it's called <laughs> it's called imposter syndrome and yeah. it does not mean that what i'm experiencing is what's real um sure. and so mental health is is really important um and i think particularly for immigrants um and i think um i'm grateful for the support that i received and the ability to then name some of these problems and that has helped right. me work with them right right no i agree i think that's that's good though. It's it's good that that you're able to to have that awareness of being able to recognize the moment you feel uncertainty or unsure about yourself. You know, like oh wait, that's some imposter syndrome going on right there. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's just it's no, it's important. It's really important. Um, so that's that's cool. Uh, so my next question for you is, you know, what advice would you give someone who's trying to do the same things as you? Oh, okay. I think the first thing that comes to mind is, honey, go shoot your shots. Like, shoot go shoot do it. it. Like, <laughs> just shoot your shots. I yeah, cannot. Yeah. Like, I, I think preparedness um, is important, but many times when it starts to hinder actual action, then it's it becomes overrated. Like, it becomes overvalued. Like, absolutely. I cannot tell you the number of times when I would step into a room or run for an election or um, apply to a school like Cambridge. And I'm like, I know that I'm not 100% prepared for this. Like, I am not ready right. yet. Right. I'm going to do it anyway. Who's going to sue me, right? So okay. it's okay. like... I think if you want to do it, um, there's never a time when you would be 100% prepared for it. Um, just make sure that you're enlisting the support of the people that you know have you at heart and like would be there for you throughout throughout the process. Once you have your team enlisted, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, whether it's professionals in many ways, once you have those people and you know that you can trust them, um, just go out there and do it. Like... I, yeah, I cannot tell you, yeah. I cannot tell you any different. Um, yeah. The number of times I have done it and I'm like, I know I would not win this election. <laughs> right. Like, I know I would not win this election, but I go out there and I run for it anyways. Right. Because, because yeah. I just know that, yeah, because I just know that the people that I, I, no would benefit from this like would be impacted by this whether it's through the policies or even just through seeing me and seeing themselves represented Literally, in me yeah, right yeah. like like 
even if it's just one person who would see that representation and their life trajectory would shift to a better state like that to me is worth all the embarrassments that could come with like losing an election yeah. or like getting rejected from a school or yeah. so it's like yeah do it shamelessly and just shoot yes. your shots like it's, it's okay yeah yeah no i agree with that yeah. i i resonate that quite a lot it's something that i apply i try to apply to my life all the time you know it's having an action bias to thing it's like the moment i feel like I want to do something yeah. like just do it you know don't even like think twice about it and i actually read like a really um i got this framework from this book called the millionaire mindset by tia Ecker. and essentially it's like it's a it's called a 3a uh process so i was basically saying it's called a 3a process and the different a stand for act um assess and adjust right so in anything mm. you do like you want to first act first and then you want to evaluate your action, like what was the outcome of it? And then you want to adjust your next yeah. action according to that specific outcome. And then you just, it's a cycle, right? You just repeat an action again, and you assess it, and you adjust it again, and it just goes on and on and on. So yeah, I think, yeah, I, I resonate with a lot. Just just do it, you know, shoot your shot, shoot your shot, 100%. Oh, I agree, I agree, I agree, it's like, I, I don't remember. I think it was The Flash that I was watch, watching. And yeah. yeah, but they were talking about coming up with plans and making plans and everything. But at some point, obviously nothing's going to go according to plans. So then exactly. like you're saying, like assess and adjust, like throw the plan out the window and like just, yeah, like whoever whoever you have in mind while you're trying to achieve something, whether it's yourself, whether it's your family, whether it's the people that you think you're going to impact, like I think that's motivation enough to, True. in many ways, adjust, assess, yeah. like throw the plan out of the window. And then as long as you're, you, you're grounded on that fact that these people would benefit from it, um, me included, um, yeah. however it's done, it has to be done. Like that's whatever true. path you take, you know, it's that's okay too right yeah. so i agree with, with everything you're nice. you're mentioning nice 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 cool so my next question for you is uh where are you heading to you know what are some of the things you're hoping to accomplish in the next couple of years i i am just starting my phd um which this in it in itself is an answered prayer um this oh, is in itself is a dream come true right. oh, i think i've spent please. the last year it's yeah yes. i'm still i think in this Honestly. moment if no one's told you that i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you right now it's like i know stuff like that is not easy i know it's not easy at all so congratulations for sure you make us proud you make no, I, I, proud. oh you're gonna make me tear up <laughs> yeah this is I'm already basking and like just soaking in so much gratitude in this moment. Um, and I really, yeah, I honestly have not even had much time to think like, what else do I want to do in the next two to three years? Right. I think that's what I've been doing in the last three to four years, like chasing what's the next application to do? What's the next step? What next, what next, what next? And so um, I think in this moment, there is a little bit of stability because I know where 
I'll be what I'll be doing for the next three to four years, which is this PhD. And so I've not necessarily yet felt the pressure to figure out the next steps. And I think that's okay too. That's also like one other important thing to note about that, which it's okay to sometimes not know what you are doing. Like, right. right? It's, it's okay to take some time and like take multiple steps back to just figure out where you're at and to be in the present moment, soaking in gratitude of how much you've already accomplished. Um, I think the future would always come, whether you plan for it or not. (laughs) It's always, it's always gonna come. So um, in many ways, the present is, is the moment that you're losing constantly. So if you can take, take multiple steps back and just sit and say, okay, we've done a lot. This is great. Let's let's take a few weeks to just, yeah. But in the long run, I think I would hopefully go back to Cameroon, um, possibly get into politics at some point. Um, This, yeah, this is, uh, this is a dream that I, (laughs) fingers crossed, maybe first people president or something. Who knows? Who knows? But we'll see where, where life takes us. Um, yeah awesome awesome cool cool very cool um all right so the next set of questions are a bit more personal and the first question i have for you is uh, do you practice self-improvement and if so what do you do yes i do i think consistently um i do i think one of the not to toot my own horn but one of the things that ALA, I think, really taught me and just a valuable lesson that I carry to this date is the ways that I am able to appreciate feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things they kept, on, they kept on repeating to us was feedback is a gift. Yeah. <laughs> you either yeah. take it or you give it, but it is a gift, right? And so right. Shifting, shifting perspective from feedback as a criticism and as a negative thing Mm -hmm. and as a personal attack to feedback as a gift. I think that's one of the things that changed my life. Um, And it's the core method that I use to practice self-improvement, really relying on the people that, you know, that I trust to help me uh, get better in that sense. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And I think, um, so actually, like, I would actually go further to say that constructive feedback is where it's it's a lot more valuable than just, like, because sometimes you can get, like, pretty negative feedback, and it really doesn't mm-hmm. true, true. in any way, true. but when it's constructive. And it's, it's funny, because, like, I think for me, it wasn't for ALA, I wouldn't really have, like, um, that need to always want to get feedback, you know, that needs to always want to have constructive feedback. Um, yeah. I didn't cry. I never. I always just felt it was just criticism all the time. You know, I I was just associated something negative with like yeah. getting feedback, right? So, so like, why are you attacking me? Like, I'm literally, doing so much. I'm doing, exactly. <laughs> why are you poking holes? Right? Can you just let me be? Right? Um, but it's 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 no. It's important just for anybody because you could think you're doing great and you're doing really really well, but yeah. you need to have that awareness that you can't do everything perfectly. And you need to be able to, you know, pause and be like, all right, 
let me get an outside perspective, right? Let me get someone who's viewing what I'm doing and, and see, give, yeah. let them give me something that's more constructive because at the end of yeah. the day, right, hopefully the person that you're getting feedback from is also invested in your own growth as well, right? They also want to yeah. see you improve too. So the kind of feedback that they give you is going to be positive. It's going to be, and it's going to help you to just progress further in your journey as well. So um, exactly. yeah, to, to anyone listening, like by all means, like, you know, accept openly accept constructive feedback it is such an important thing exactly i think there's there's also research out there that shows that more um like if you put multiple multiple average people together the wisdom that they generate is will be smarter than the wisdom of the smartest person in the room so Mm, it's like it doesn't matter how like how smart you think you are, right? It doesn't matter how good True. you think you're, you are in what you're True. doing. Um, if they put a group of people, um, obviously like it depends on the number, but if they put a group of people, the wisdom that they generate will still be smarter than yours. So it's, I think it just goes to show in many ways the interdependence that we right. have as a society. And that is not mm-hmm. necessarily a bad thing, right? I think sometimes in, individualistic societies we think we can achieve everything if we work hard enough right it's like no no it's not just you so um feedback is okay it's okay to rely on people and depend on the people that you can trust and i think in many ways i would be nothing without you know without the friends and family that have you know that have imparted me with their wisdom um, and with their honest and genuine and kind and compassionate comments and feedback. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, there's even that saying of like, you are the sum of like the five persons you hang out with. And that's like, that's the basis of just like feedback, right? Feedback feeds into that, right? Literally, it's like everybody's own input just feeds into you, like their thought process, their ideas, um, the things they do, like all that that you get exposed to, right? that molds and shapes the person that you become. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah. you're right. I like how you said about it. Like we're very interdependent uh, beings and that's, that's so true. Yeah. true. Like you can't exist in a cycle. You really, really can't, especially when you're trying to really achieve like big things, like you need other people to support you, to, to guide you whether, or mentor you or just like, you know, just, you just need that guide. You need that support. You definitely need that support of other people. Awesome, exactly. Awesome, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So, Abita, the next question I have for you is: um, What is one area of your life you feel you can improve? Oh, I think um, definitely. I think COVID took a toll on my <laughs> desire to be out there and socialize and connect with people because I was locked in my space for so long with my apartment mates who became the loves of my life but um, I did not have a need at the time and many people did not honestly we were stuck at home many people did not have a need to go out there and interact and socialize and get to learn um learn about people's stories and in my whole life that's always been something that I valued about myself um just my desire to want to know what makes people tick what you know what it is that they 
they enjoy and um, make sure that I'm connecting at such deep levels with people and understanding my community. I think COVID really took that away from me. I do not know how it happened. Um, and so last year, the year after COVID, even though I was in Cambridge, I, I don't know. I think it introduced a sense of social anxiety that I did not mm. have before. Um, mm. So even if I would go out to places and events, I, I just had this bugging need to want to go back to my space and be by myself and like right. enjoy a movie, just me <laughs> and myself and like yeah. get back to that comfort zone, right? Yeah. And um, in many ways, I think I appreciated the fact that I was comfortable being by myself and being alone. A lot of people um, I know struggle with appreciating being just with themselves and enjoying enjoying their own presence right? right um so I was grateful for that but on the flip side it was such a bummer that I mm -hmm. you know I just these engagements were not as enjoyable to me anymore um but I think in the last few weeks since I I went home for a while and I came back to Cambridge nice. um mm -hmm. yeah I think going home opens you up yeah, it grounds you. Right? Yeah. It's like, it grounds you very, very It quick. grounds you. Exactly. It reconnects you with, with who you are and like what makes you come alive again. And it's like back home in my community, it's like it's such a social space and people are just interested in each other. Um, yeah. It's not an individualistic space at all. And so going back and then tapping that energy again from home and bringing right. that here uh, back here with me I think was right. just it was great um remembering who I used to be and then um coming back here and you know being that person again yeah. so yeah I think it's something that I'm COVID yeah COVID was just terrible it's yeah, yeah. But here we are. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice, nice. Uh, so I'm getting for you, it's just like being able to just improve on your social skills, getting back into that, your usual social self, trying to fend yeah. off whatever self you developed during COVID and, and just get, uh, yeah, exactly. get better at, at just socializing with people. Cool, cool. Exactly, so next, yeah. Yeah. So my next question for you is, um, what does being a woman mean to you? What is being a woman to me? Mean to you, yeah. Okay. Um, I think being a woman in many ways is um, self-defined, um, self-defined empowerment to, um, so first of all, in many ways, I don't think, uh, I don't think women are a monolith, right? Obviously mm -hmm. there's like, all these differences when you're bringing in uh, the fact that gender in itself is socially constructed um, and asking these philosophical questions as in what is a woman and like yeah. it's still a huge controversy and debate um, nowadays um, and so with all these fluidities um, being a woman is not a monolith or being a womanhood is not this does not uh it's not, it does not entail just like one kind of people, one kind of people in the group, but um, it's like different sexualities, different genders. But I think the core part about being a woman is like just our, just our ability um, 
to be empowered and feel empowered regardless of the societal, um, regardless of the societal pressures that people put on us because of the ways that they have defined us, right, as women, right? right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think whether or not you see yourself as like feminine or a woman or um, who, however you see yourself as, if society looks at you and they look at you and they think, yeah, um, because I see her as a woman, she's not capable of this and that, mm. or I look at her and she does not look like my traditional idea of a woman, and so she's not capable of this and that. Um, I think your ability to to thrive amid amidst all of that is, I think, the most powerful aspect of our womanhood, and I think in many ways it's the most definitive aspect of our womanhood as well. Um, so to me, being a woman is it's empowering. It's um, <laughs> it's resilience. It's you know it's. I don't know. I don't even want to relate this directly to reproduction and yeah. the resilience that comes with that, because um, that's not the only thing that defines womanhood, even though it's one of the main things. But it's like it is resilience in many ways. Um, it's not easy to walk this earth in the gender that you carry. Right. Whether you were born with it or not, it's it's not easy to work this to walk this earth in that. Um, and, and so being able to come out of that and still achieve the things that you achieve um, makes you a woman, makes you a true woman um, and being able to empower others in that process as well um, makes you a strong woman, um, makes you a true woman. And that's how I would define it. Um, but yeah. Interesting. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, the definition you gave, um, you talked a little bit about resilience, a little bit about empowerment not being so confined to what societal expectations and definitions and yeah. constructs are of womanhood. Um, I, I really, really do like that. So my follow-up question is actually, you know, um, how do you navigate or approach life as the said woman? Hmm. <laughs> I think there was a time in my life when, <laughs> this is <laughs> going to be embarrassing, but I <laughs> thought that I thought that to be to be powerful in a space because again right like I'm in a field which you don't see a lot of female politicians out there um it doesn't matter like even if women do politics and my kind of uh field you don't see a lot of female politicians out there actually um winning elections actually like having people trust in them and like give giving them those positions and accessing those spaces. And so many times I thought that in order to access those spaces and to do things differently, I would have to appear very masculine, right? Like I would have to, like if I woke up and I had a nice dress or I, and I had the other option of wearing like a pair of pants, right. um, I would pick the pants because I thought if I like strutted into the room with a pair of pants and like a suit and looked a little more manly wow. um people would respect me more right people would yeah. <laughs> people would mm. give me the credit that i deserve um right. but i think in many ways like i've outgrown that uh i think it's it, you know it's possible to be feminine and be powerful and be intelligent 
and um to command the respect that you deserve to command right that's it just means that maybe people would not give it to you as easily but um to still command it and for me that's how i navigate the world i rely a lot on um on the value that i have to provide uh through my intellect i rely a lot on that in navigating this world as a woman um if i get into a space for me it's important that if i have an opinion about something that it's not left unsaid right um and it's important that <clears throat> that that intellect helps me um through those you know through those circumstances where you're the only one in the space um and also that passion and desire to be impactful um and to not forget why i do what i do that the purpose uh the purpose of every action that i take right which is i really want equity in the societies that i i am a part of i really want impact right i really want um social and financial impact for people it really like it's it really keeps me awake at night right to think about ways of like bettering the people around me right and then relying on that and knowing that that would come through um regardless of like what people think of my gender and my abilities because of that so i think those are two things that i rely on intellect and um and my purpose um and then putting that out there as assertively and as strong yeah yeah, yeah. so i think what i what i'm getting from you is that you know it's like this focus on, on impact um whether it's financial or non-financial um and like you know just like a, a commitment to just asserting your your intellect asserting your your, your experience your skills and you know um, not seeing, um, you know, you being a woman as a limiting factor to the, the sort of things that you can achieve, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think I agree. And like, actually seeing being a woman as, <laughs> as an added value to the right. circumstance that I'm in, right? Like, I think it's a privilege. <laughs> it's it a privilege mm -hmm. to do the things that I do being a woman right like i enter spaces and i'm like wow like <laughs> i am so different from everybody else in this space and yeah. because i am who i am that already like sets me apart in many ways right and some people might yeah. look at it and think of it negatively but mm -hmm. i look at it and i'm and i think wow like i am set apart in this space and that that means my perspective, my experiences, the value that I bring is so much more essential for this space to then transcend its traditional um, and transcend into something even bigger and better. Um, and then obviously, like I said earlier, opening the door to let other people walk in, right? And also infiltrate those spaces. Um, so yeah, I think it's, definitely an added value being a woman to me i um not to not to sideline all the you know all the the like oppressive circumstances that come with um sitting in this body but um also acknowledging that it's an opportunity like 
there is so much room there is so much room to um allow others to access those spaces because i am in those spaces in this body that i'm wearing but yeah awesome i think that's 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 very inspiring um and i definitely feel that for for a lot of women who would be listening to this they might probably feel very very motivated and very yeah at least i'm, I'm hoping that's the case um heck i, I feel inspired right now and i'm not a woman oh. so <laughs> um but uh you know we, we've come towards the end of the interview um do you have any questions for me um not necessarily questions but i know i said this before before yeah. we started recording but I think it's important for people to hear like i think you're amazing and like Aww. what you're doing this is it this is so so needed um just just in many ways um i think like i said earlier you inspire me i think you going Likewise. back to kenya you pursuing your passions you unrelentingly like pursuing happiness right like regardless of the circumstance like being like happiness is important uh, and family is important and I would pursue that like whatever it takes I think it's not common it's not yeah. common um it's, it's just not it's just not in my experience and I I think that inspires me in so so many ways um I think this platform is powerful I cannot wait to see it Right, grow right. and like <laughs> blossom and like maybe have like obama here on here right. or that'd be, yeah that'd be really like, awesome actually <laughs> that'd be very so, very cool yeah no i, I really yeah. appreciate the kind words um and and thank you so much for making the time um uh, it really does mean a lot i i really enjoy this conversation my hope is that the audience enjoyed it as well and that they did get something that's inspiring <laughs> and motivating to them. Um, so the last thing I have for you is just, you know, where can people find you? Um, is there anything that you want to promote or plug on this episode? Uh, I, I could give you my my social media details, maybe if you, you could put it in the description yeah, yeah. box. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, if people want to know more about me, they could they could follow me on there. But okay. yeah, it's such an honor, Joe. Such an honor to see you again after all these years and to oh, thank you on your platform. Thank <laughs> you. And thank you for making the time. I do really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, for everyone watching, um, this has been an episode of Alpha Delta. The purpose of this series is just to motivate and inspire people to become the best version of themselves. I've been your host, uh, Joe Karaoke, with my guest, Abita. And it is a goodbye from us. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>